0: Welcome to Crop Sense, presented by North Carolina Cooperative Extension. I'm Jacob Morgan, a field crops agent with North Carolina Cooperative Extension. Today, sure. we have Dr. Charlie Cahoon and Dr. Wesley Everman, weed specialist with North Carolina State University. Welcome back, fellas. Good to
1: be here, Jacob.
0: Hey, man. Thanks for having us on again. Today, we're going to discuss winter and wheat weed control. So I guess the first question is, wheat will be going in the ground in the next two months, So, Dr. Everman, what factors do growers need to kind of consider when looking at weed control for this wheat crop?
1: Yeah, it's a great time to be thinking about it. I know a lot of folks are going to be focused on, you know, getting their current crops out. But shortly after, we'll be needing to get our land prepped and get our wheat in the ground. And first thing, if we're going to be in no-till, we got to have a good burn-down program in place. Typically, you know, depending where you're at in the state, that's going to be either Roundup or Gramoxone to kind of clean up what's there. And we can put down a residual of Valor at that time. But whether or not you put down a residual early or wait until we get that crop in the ground is just really up to personal preference. But then I I would say we need to start thinking about do we want a residual program at or shortly after planting, In our heavy ryegrass infestations, areas with a lot of annual bluegrass, I think having one of our products that has peroxisulfone in the mix uh, would be a good option. So that's going to be our Anthem Flex, Zidua, or Fierce. So those will give us a good setup on pre-emergence control and hopefully get our crop off to a good start.
0: Now those pre-emergence, so we're putting those down right after planting or are we waiting for the crop to come up and then apply them?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I should clarify it's going to be product dependent. Uh, so Anthem Flex, we can put right behind the drill. Whereas the Zidua, we've got to wait until that wheat has germinated and has the radical emerged from the seed. And Fears, typically, we're going to wait until that wheat is up out of the ground and has a couple leaves on it and then make that application so a little bit of a delayed pre or early post spike application with that product
0: so you mentioned some of the grass issues obviously broadleaves can also be an issue when should folks be kind of going out and looking to determine when to make that first post application for broadleaf weeds
1: yeah typically we don't worry as much about the broadleaves with our pre there's some things we can put out pre, but I think Harmony still is an excellent product, gives good control of the spectrum of weeds we see in our wheat crop across the state. Now there's individual species that may show up in a field here or there that we can take care of different products or tank mixes, but I would say typically in December or early January, we should be Starting to look at those broadleaf weeds and determining if we need to make an application and what we should be spraying. And we have a a number of different products, but Harmony and probably Qlex are two of the most commonly used and most effective on the the weed spectrum we have here. In the same vein, about that same time, usually uh, December for bluegrass and January for ryegrass we should be looking at what post-sprays we might need to put out to follow up those pre-applications.
0: All right, uh, Dr. Cahoon, this next one's for you. This morning, the Southeast Farm Press, they had an article talking about Italian ryegrass specifically and all the resistance issues we have across the state, ACCA resistance, ALS resistance, glyphosate resistance. And now uh, I think you've said in that article you had confirmed uh paraquat which is gramoxone resistance can you talk a little bit about that whole issue and uh and what that might mean going forward
2: yeah absolutely so uh, wes and i got called last fall to a field uh in the southern piedmont where some growers were trying to to get ahead of some ryegrass a a pretty bad field of ryegrass and they did we're trying to do a fall burn down of gramoxone and and they did not kill the ryegrass so we went out there and we uh, sprayed a few treatments and we got the same results where we missed the ryegrass with a couple of different rates of paraquat. So what we did is Wes and I got a student in, um, a PhD student, Jose De DeSanctus, and he's hit the ground running with this project to kind of see what's going on. And we collected some plants from that field, brought them back to Raleigh, grew them out in the greenhouse, collected seed from those plants. Because if it is resistant, it has to be passed on to the progeny to be confirmed as resistant so we brought those plants back grew them out got the seed off of them and Jose started doing a a dose response study comparing them to some known susceptible ryegrass and we have now confirmed that we have paraquat resistant ryegrass uh, in the southern Piedmont and this is a big problem because all the resistance issues with ryegrass we've had in the state, we've long had ALS resistance. We had ACCA resistance going back to the days of using Holon. Uh, and then we we had some, we ha- also have some pockets of axial resistance. So folks were using glyphosate for burndown. Well, glyphosate stopped working, so we had glyphosate-resistant ryegrass but the problem becomes now, if we have glyphosate, ALS, ACCase, and paraquat-resistant ryegrass, you know, really, what are we going to do to control emerged four-way-resistant ryegrass? Wesson, I really don't have a, a good answer for if it's emerged. I mean, we've brought up tillage, but the folks in the southern Piedmont can't do tillage on, on a lot of their acreage because of the topography and the, the soil erosion concerns. So really, we're kind of going back to the drawing board trying to figure out a way to manage this biotype and it's going to be an integrated approach for sure. And so some stuff that Jose is doing right now, he's actually screening, doing a larger screen for from biotypes from the Southern Piedmont. And we're looking specifically how widespread the paraquat resistance is also glyphosate, ALS, ACCH resistance to see how widespread that four-way resistant biotype may be. Uh, and then the other thing that folks need to be aware of is Wes and I are getting more calls about glyphosate resistant ryegrass in the eastern part of the state. So where folks are not able to control their ryegrass, burning it down, you know, in the eastern part of the state where we traditionally glyphosate has worked. And so, what's the next step if glyphosate's not working? Well, paraquat's really the next line of defense for those folks where glyphosate has stopped working, and to avoid. situation like we are now having in the southern piedmont we've got to get some tactics to alleviate the pressure on paraquat selection in the eastern part of the the state because really with the limited toolbox that we have now on this four-way resistant biotype the best way to deal with it is to never let it get on the farm and so the folks in the eastern part of the state that are now seeing glyphosate resistant pop up really need to to pay close attention And start integrating some of these tactics that the guys in the southern piedmont are going to be forced to do because again they're not going to want to let that paraquat resistant biotype get on the farm
0: i haven't sprayed a lot in my life but my experience with with paraquat you start on one end of the field and by the time you get to the other you can kind of already see it doing its work and that seems pretty serious to me that you're talking about going 32x rate and it it's not even touching it so I think that's definitely going to be a an issue moving forward. Can y'all talk a little bit about burn down strategies and kind of how you recommend growers proceed throughout the winter as far as getting fields ready to plant this spring?
1: I'll jump in to start and say I think we got to get ahead of the problem early. Like Charlie said, we we're scratching our heads with this a little bit too. You know, we don't have this is kind of unpre- not kinda this is unprecedented territory, right? This isn't something that we can go to the books and say, What's everybody else doing and what's the best way other people have found? We've got to figure this out and we're less than twelve months into knowing that we even have the problem, right? So what we need to do, because a number of our products that we have left to even try aren't gonna be great on ryegrass we need to jump on whatever emerges early and try to get good control or what control we can and then rely on residuals to take us into the winter or set us up for success
2: yeah and this goes back to another question that that Wes and I get quite a bit is folks are asking more questions about a, a fall burndown I've been very cautious about that and I think Wes will agree as well if you look at our climate versus the Midwest where fall burndowns are more, you know, more common. We have warmer and wetter winters. The expectation that residuals can last all through our warm and wet winter and and carry us to planting our our next crop in the spring is setting the bar pretty high. So I think there's a, a few situations where we need to look at this a little bit different. It's not a fall versus a spring burndown. It should be, the idea should be a fall plus a spring burndown. And Wes and I, I think we agree on that. There's a few situations where that makes sense. And one of those is when you have just general heavy wheat, winter weed wheat infestations, but you don't have a cover crop and you're in a no-till situation. And this is exactly why folks in the Midwest do it. They're trying to spread the workload because they do have a probably a compressed spring because they're kind of slower to warm up. You know, our springs are thrown off because it could be wet, <laughs> So folks trying to do a little bit in the fall to kind of alleviate some workload in the spring is, is one of the first places I think it has a fit. And I'll let Wes kind of think, you know, he, he brought up earlier, we were having a conversation about the fit with resistant mare's tail, And I think that's our horseweed and that's another place that this would have a fit.
1: Yeah, if we're trying to tackle specific weeds and we know we have resistance, whether it's the ryegrass or it's horseweed, we want to use products that are effective as residuals before they emerge or even if we can just keep them small so they're easier to control as we go into planting that has been where we've seen some of our most success we've done some studies not a true fall burn down but doing residual in december or march and in that time frame you know, we get good control, we get good residual for several months, and those weeds are typically going to be small when we go to plant in April or May. And that way we're dealing with these smaller weeds and not, uh, you know, Charlie, I know you get them too. You know, I'll get that phone call, I'm ready to plant beans tomorrow, I'm no-till, I've got three-foot horseweed, it's glyphosate resistant, what can I spray so I can get in there tomorrow? And, you know... <laughs> The answer is, you know, nothing, you know, we, we got to plan better. You know, you gotta, you gotta take those down before planting. So if we can set this up with some residuals and Valor based products look really good. Number of the ALS products lead off looks good for horseweed as a early burn down with residual, we can set up for success with a little bit of planning ahead.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And kind of circling back to that potential four-way resistant Italian ryegrass biotype that we may have here in the state. Again, we're scratching our head for post-emergence control of that weed. And that may be a situation where a fall residual makes a lot of sense because that ryegrass is going to come up in October. And if we don't have a viable post-emergence options, maybe we have to go out with a residual before it comes up. Now the question becomes, especially for the guys in the Southern Piedmont, They can't have fallow ground that's bare all winter because it's going to wash and it's going to end up in the rivers and and ponds and such. So one solution that Wes and I are toying with, with a part of Jose's project is fall residuals plus a cover crop planted in tandem. So the residual for ryegrass control and then the cover crop planted to kind of hold the world together so it doesn't all wash away. And then Wes is gearing up to do some cool uh, harvest weed seed control stuff and if you look at the biology of ryegrass, the seed only lasts for about 17 months. So common sense says if it only lasts for 17 months and we can do something to to take any escape ryegrass out at the end of the season, if we did that for a couple of years, we should be in a, a much better shape as far as dealing with the weed seed in that soil seed bank. So again, I, yeah, I agree with Wes. We're not going to discourage anybody from doing an early burn down. It's just where their expectations are. And and don't think that something done in the fall will replace something done in the late winter or early spring. It's really kind of a one-two punch, if you will, when we're planting our spring crops. Yeah, it
1: truly is insurance or peace of mind. I like to think of it as, right? With those variable springs we've had, we've had some warm weather that really gives those winter weeds some big top growth in the last few years if we can keep that from happening it saves on a lot of heartburn in spring when we're trying to get crops in the ground
0: is there anything else you think the listeners need to know or or think about as far as winter weeds before we wrap this podcast up
2: i'll just kind of add that you know wes and i are talking about doing things in the fall and versus the spring etc But if you're not doing something in the fall, keep in mind, the earlier you can do it in the spring, March would be ideal. We'd like to have it on before at least April. If you're doing something in the spring, be on the early side as well. That just gives you more flexibility for those situations like Wes just outlined of rainy weather keeping you out of the field or it getting cool and and you can't plant. And then when you can plant, you have to plant everything at one time. So the earlier we can get out, the more success we can See with those burn down applications.
1: And the only thing that I would add is when we talk about 32X paraquat not killing these ryegrass, I wish we could show pictures of it. It looks like it's got little frosted tips of the leaves not killing it. Not, oh, it burned it back and it turned green. This stuff never turned brown. This stuff just kept on growing burned a little bit of tips but never really slowed down so this is a real issue for folks that have it we are trying to figure out how much more of an area that's covering but people need to be very aware of this and something we I guess Charlie touched on with the harvest weed seed control but really keeping our equipment clean as we move from field to field so we don't spread this problem any further than we have it. We need to try to contain this, and we need to be diligent on our farms to avoid introducing some of this resistance where we don't have it.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that 32X because Wes and I had a meeting with Jose earlier today, and the next dose in that dose response would be dipping the plants in straight Paraquat. So that's an extremely high dose and, you know, we didn't even get to effective dose to kill 90% of those plants. You know, the biomass still wasn't reduced 90% with the 32X. So maybe we should, I guess, try to to dip it in straight product to see if that gets us there. But it is amazing to see the pictures and this is obviously a problem we have probably had for more than... Just the last couple of years, it's probably been in that field for many years, and and it's just kind of slowly got out of hand. How many gallons of product is thirty two x rate? So that is a thousand and twenty four fluid ounces per acre. So that's eight (laughs) gallons. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like I said, it's almost that's like a fifty percent solution. So you know, the next step would be a a full solution of paraquat. It was a massive rate.
0: All right. Well, we certainly appreciate your time today, Dr. Everman and Dr. Cahoon. Thanks for having us on again, Jacob.
1: Yeah, we appreciate it.
0: And Dr. Everman did a, a nice video, YouTube video, on winter uh, weeds in wheat and some identification, that sort of stuff. And I will post that in the description for the podcast. So if you want to watch that video, uh, it's a great resource. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And as always, thanks for listening to Crop Sense. Because if it isn't making money, it isn't making sense.